Valencia or somewhere else. Welcome to the 15th episode of the Valencia Property Podcast. And I'd just like to say thanks for the amazing feedback we had from the last episode about mortgages and Spanish property. It was so good to know that it helped so many people who didn't really know the steps involved and what was possible. So good luck to those of you who got in touch with me to ask more questions and then contacted Mortgage Direct for more information. In fact, thanks for all the feedback so far on all of the podcasts. It's always good to hear great feedback from people. It's also good to know interesting feedback, let's call it, when it's not so great. We've had a couple of things like that about the sound quality and things like that. It's good to know that these posts have been so well received that I'm managing to answer people's questions about both Valencia property and about buying property as a whole in Spain. Today on the podcast, we're going to do some sneering, or rather, we're going to give our opinion about Valencia and do some comparisons with other places in Spain. We'll be looking at Valencia compared to Alicante, but also we mentioned Madrid, Barcelona, and just a little bit of Malaga. First though, as usual, we have some listener questions and the latest news from Valencia. Our first question was from Jean, and it sort of shocked us. Jean's coming over in a couple of weeks' time, and she asked us whether it was possible to use traveller's checks to leave a deposit on a property. Excuse me, um, what? At this point, I need to interject to explain to our younger listeners what a traveller's check is. No, rather what a check is. Actually, we won't do that as the concept may actually blow our younger listeners' minds in the same way a dial on an old telephone or the concept of what a fax machine does would. Needless to say, the answer is no, you can't use a traveller's check. Or rather, there might be somebody in Spain who will accept a traveller's check, but I've never met them. So unless we take our famous time machine back to the 80s, I think it could remain a no forevermore. Even then, it'd be seen as a strange way to make a payment in Spain, as I've never used a checkbook in Spain, and I've been here for 30 years of my life, and I can't see it coming back now. A bank draft? Yeah. On purchasing a property, which is essentially the same thing as a check, you use a bank draft. But never a checkbook, never a personal check, it's always a bank check. The next question came from Brent, and it was, is it possible with just a near number to rent a property before we arrive in Spain? I know you offer the service of viewing the apartment beforehand for us, so is it possible to actually do this without the near? Well, the answer, of course, is yes. It is actually possible to rent without a near number as long as the owner is up for it. However, getting owners to accept you as a client being a foreigner and without a near number limits the options you'll have. I've written about this before on the blog, and of course, the link is in the show notes. The third question is different to the one I was going to use because I've just had a phone call and as I have the memory capacity of a goldfish for phone calls, I thought I'd share this one with you. The client phoned me and sorry, I didn't get the name. Yeah, it came through WhatsApp as well to ask if we could help him out. He'd seen a property with an agent and liked it and was thinking of making an offer. I asked the price and the offer and then told him it wouldn't be accepted because it won't be. It was too much of a difference between the actual price he was willing to offer and the actual market price. As you've heard before on this podcast at the moment, properties in Valencia are very lucky to get anything off the price. I told him we could have helped him before had he contacted us before contacted the particular agent. So we could have made the appointments, put together an itinerary of things to go and see and guided him through the process of purchase. But now he's a bit confused and wants to come to someone and we can't really help him with that particular agent because that agent will always say they're our client, which they are. Anyway, once agents have a clause into you, there's no chance. 
Long story short, yeah, I'm going to a meeting next week to help him with negotiations and details. Because that's what we do. We help people out. In the news this week, the weather continues to be, well, truly awful, until today. We had two days of 26 degrees and sun, and we thought, that's it, summer's here. But then it was back to rain and greyness. This weekend onwards looks good though, so going away for a couple of days at Easter is what I'll be doing just up the coast of Castillon, which we mentioned further on in this episode. And speaking of Castillon, Villarreal reached the semi-finals of the Champions League along with Real Madrid. Villarreal are from a small town just outside Castellón and are punching well above their weight. However, they aren't as good as Levante who beat them two weeks ago in their endeavours to avoid relegation. Levante almost beat Barcelona too, but after missing a penalty, Barcelona came back and won. Difficult for Levante now to pull off the impossible and survive, but until it's mathematically impossible, we still believe. We were featured this week on the TV programme A Place in the Sun again in the UK. And as usual, this meant a few of our ex-clients contacted me to let me know. Hey Graham, I've just seen you on the telly. It's always a worry when these programmes appear because people expect the prices to be the same and the properties to still be available. They aren't, and they're not. So today our podcast is all about why Valencia is different to Alicante. We've written an article about why Valencia is different to Alicante which you can see in the show notes but we're going to go through it here for those that prefer listening to reading and add in a few things too. Now I wrote this originally pre-pandemic but the figures are still remarkably similar in terms of percentages of sales to foreigners compared with the national sales. When you look at the statistics for house sales in Spain, lots of focus falls on the Valencian community as a whole. The Valencian community is formed by three provinces, Valencia, of course, Alicante and Castellón. Now, Castellón is the least known of the three, and for the purposes of today, it will remain that way. Just quickly, it has its own underused airport, and boy, is there a story behind that. It has a large, rather unknown outside Spain holiday resort called Oropesa. It has the fantastic Beni Cassim with its annual music festivals and a few other sandy beach resorts which are wonderfully empty all year round, like Peñiscola and Alcacebre. However, Castellón is little known really. When people talk about the Valencian community, they usually mean either Valencia or Alicante, and the two are used interchangeably. The truth is though, they are very, very different. Alicante is known for being an airport connection to Benidorm and other beach resorts. The negatives would say it's a place to get ripped off for your car hire, see boozy stag and hendus, high-rise hell and Benidorm, beach resorts full of northern European expats where the average age is waiting for the reaper, and well, let's keep away from more negatives. What Alicante, the region, is less known for is the city of Alicante itself. Palm line boulevards leading to the sea, the fact that the original name was Lucentum, the original city of light, and Alicante is the European city which gets the most sunlight hours, averaging 349 per month, just above Valencia in sixth place with 343. 
You can also go to the Palmeral at Elche, the Santa Barbara Castle on the hilltop overlooking the marina and port of Alicante, lovely inland attractions such as Guadalest and a whole lot more, including a decent and well-used theme park at Terra Mitica, just outside Benidorm. However, Alicante is associated with retirement and property for many Europeans. The airport is well connected to many parts of Europe and easy to get from to the resorts of Benidorm, Calpe, Altea, Moreira, Javier and Denia, among others. Those with less of a budget head south to the sprawling estates of Torrevieja, with its rather lovely nearby salt flats, to the south of which overbuilding and real estate excess can be seen in so many ugly 1970s medium-rise properties which have seen better days, and largely empty estates that extend for miles around golf courses and shopping centres. It's some people's idea of heaven, it's not mine, but a lot of people love it there. And yet people class the Valencian community as one homogenous area. It's not. You won't find anything similar to that in Valencia. Valencia is very different. Every year there's a marked difference in property sales in Valencia and Alicante. It's the same every year. Foreign buyers of property in the two provinces are not only very different people, but they also want very different things and have different backgrounds. Almost 41% of buyers of property in the Alicante province were foreigners a couple of years ago, whereas just 11% of buyers in Valencia came from abroad. There were 9,247 sales of property in Alicante, meaning around 3,800 were to foreign buyers. In Valencia, there were 7,472 sales, meaning there were around 820 sales to foreign buyers. So not only are there four times as many sales to foreigners as a percentage in Alicante, but because there are more transactions, there are five times as many purchases by foreigners compared to Valencia, despite Valencia having a considerably larger population. If you strip out the foreign buyers from the figures, there are more transactions in Valencia than Alicante, which is what you would expect due to their respective populations. Valencia has a bigger population than Alicante. Valencia is a working city. Spain's third biggest city with an economy based on services, construction, the port, agriculture and manufacturing. In general, you don't find towns that are full of foreigners in the summer, on the edge of a beach, and empty in the winter, where they feel soulless. That happens in Alicante. Most Valencian towns have a stable population throughout the year, though in some cases rising slightly in the summer, as people go back to their pueblos for the holidays, perhaps. There are exceptions such as Canet, Pobla de Fanals and Puzol Playa, which are full of life in July and August but rather empty for the rest of the year. But mostly, people live in their houses all year round and most properties are not second homes. This cannot be said of Alicante. The people who buy property in Valencia tend to be people of a working age who want to do more, not less. They want to participate in the culture and life of the city and the surrounding towns, not opt out. In Alicante, a lot of the purchases are from the older, retired generations looking to live out their golden years by a warm beach. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not what people look for in Valencia, and if you're looking for it, it's less likely you'll find it. In the Valencian community, 25.86% of all sales are to foreigners, or one in four. Only the islands come close, the islands, the Mallorca, Ibiza, places like that. However, the figures are skewed upwards by this Alicante effect, of course, just as they are by Andalusia in Malaga. In Andalusia, Malaga has 28% of all sales to foreigners, whereas Córdoba, another part of Andalusia, it's 0.7%. A huge difference. If you want to get away from all of those pesky foreigners like me, by the way, then go to Arense in Galicia, where not a single sale of property was made to a foreign buyer a couple of years ago. So what does this mean in Valencia? 
When you walk around Valencia, you aren't often surrounded by English, Dutch, German or French speaking people. You might hear the odd conversation in English, especially in the favoured bars and cafes of the old town, Ruthafa, the Patacona and the Cabanal. And on some days, the area around the central market can seem overwhelmed as cruise ships stop by and disgorge thousands of tourists into a very small area. However, mostly you hear Spanish and maybe some Valenciano. The lingua franca of many Alicante beach towns is English, unfortunately. It's less authentic. You're not generally surrounded by tourist fare and tourist souvenir shops. Once away from the area around the central market and town hall, you'll struggle to find a souvenir shop in Valencia, and the cafes and restaurants are serving more traditional menus of the day, rather than the tourist package meals of paella in many, many different forms. There are not areas which seem closed down for 10 months of the year in Valencia because the owners of the shops, bars and restaurants have to make their money during the summer season when people are there. This in turn means that you will not find many rip-off places with high prices even in the summer. The owners recognise that if the year-round customers of locals don't spend their money at the bars and shops, then they'll go under. And they open all year round, giving life to all areas of the city and all the local towns around. We're biased, of course. We live, work and enjoy Valencia. We know plenty of people that enjoy Alicante too, but let's not pretend the two are the same. The foreign buyers who look to come to Valencia are generally very different people to those looking to move to Alicante. If you are unsure of where to go, then you need to do more research because the differences are so large, you're not comparing apples with apples if you're looking at properties in the two areas. As we always say, there's no point falling in love with a property if you don't like the area that's in. First, you check out the area. Valencia often gets compared with Madrid and Barcelona as well. Now, it's the small relation in the case of these because Valencia is a lot smaller than Madrid and Barcelona. However, it is the third biggest city in Spain. All of the emphasis of most people falls on Madrid and Barcelona when they look at Spain. Valencia has a great advantage over these two places though. Price. It's half the price in general for property in Valencia compared with Madrid and Barcelona, and it's a cheaper lifestyle once you get here. There are plenty of other advantages too. Space, convenience, fewer tourists, climate. They all spring to mind. But we've written an article about this where we actually list 112 reasons to move to Valencia. You can find it in the show notes as well. Communications are great from Valencia. The airport's not massive and doesn't have loads of connections, but it's growing back again with connections post-Covid, and it's easy to get to Madrid, Alicante, and even Barcelona for other connections worldwide. The railway is superb, linking Valencia with Madrid in just one hour and 40 minutes, and Barcelona in two and a half hours. You can drive to Alicante in just under two hours too, and Valencia's on the map of the European night train system coming down the line, literally coming down the line. The Valencia community is wonderful in terms of landscape, Beautiful beaches, glorious countryside, lovely hills and mountains, greenery everywhere from the orange groves to the pine forests and more, and an excellent climate to enjoy it in. But you know that because you follow me on social media and I keep showing you. You do follow us, don't you, on social media? If you don't, then check out our socials in the show notes. I've been here for 23 years now. I'm still not bored and there are plenty of things that I haven't seen, especially in the wonderfully varied interior areas of Valencia, Castellón and even Alicante. 
There are loads of great little towns that I still haven't seen and plenty of hidden corners of region I want to visit, revisit and explore more. You might find the same thing when you get here too. So that's it. Valencia's not like Alicante. It's not like Barcelona and it's definitely not like Madrid. Finally, before we get on to our recommendations today, we're going to do our first part of Meet Our Team. Now, we've already talked with David on the podcast and we talked with Gavin as well, but today it's about David. We've been promising for some time now to introduce you to the team at Valencia Property, and we did this in our article this week. You might already know me, Graham, narrating. If you've been listening to this, yes, you know me, and lots of you will have spoken to me already. So we'll start with Dave, who's been a part of the Valencia Property family for a long time now. Graham and David met while playing cricket in Valencia and David was working as a chef in the city and was, let's say, tired of it. Tired of the long hours, tired of the working conditions and he felt that a change in career would benefit his family life. Now, having lived and worked in Valencia for over a decade at that point, he knew a lot about the city and its surroundings and being bilingual and having worked in the construction business originally on arriving in Valencia, he was ready to take up a new challenge. A quick learner and really good with people, Dave fit in immediately and has now been working with us for almost a decade. He's an expert in using Google Maps and Earth to find out whether properties will suit our clients and exactly where they are. He's an expert on Idealista. I've never seen anyone better on Idealista than Dave. He's a lot better than me and I'm pretty good on it. And he's an email lover. That's actually a lie. He um, hates them, but he always likes people to send emails so he can find the trail of how people have been in touch beforehand. David takes our clients by the hand from the start of their Valencia property journey and will no doubt drop a few F-bombs when applicable if an agent lets us down, which they may well do. He's so good that one of the big chain agents tried to poach him this week. That was fun, as he knows how much pressure they put on agents and the fact he would have to be suited and booted. That meant it was a big, nah, I'll pass. Our recommended video this week is Valencia, your new home. It's our intro video on the website. It just gives you a little taste of what awaits you when you get here. If you haven't subscribed to our video channel, then feel free to do so. Lots of podcasts on the moment, but more videos coming soon. Our recommended articles that we've mentioned in this um, podcast today are all about our rental service and more, why Valencia is not Alicante, and 122 reasons to move to Valencia. And our recommended property this week, well, I love this one. I went to see it last week and it's one of those you can easily imagine yourself living in. It can be combined with a garage purchase or a low price rental property for golden visa types. It's 470,000 on the edge of Leliana. And of course, finally, make sure to follow us on our socials. I'm on Twitter at Greyhunt. Facebook is backslash Valencia Property and Instagram backslash Greyhunt again. So, from the podcast for this week, that's all. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we hope that you'll join us again next week, when we'll be talking about more things, including currency transfer. 
Until next week, this is Graham from Valencia Property signing off. And if you've got any questions, make sure to send me a voice message or send me a question written down by a WhatsApp and I'll get back to you and maybe even answer it on the podcast. The music in this episode is by Ghost Drones. It's from their album Machines of the Earth and this track is called Fading in the Heat. The Valencia Property Podcast is brought to you by Valencia Property. You can find us, of course, on our website at www.valencia-property.com. And if you put a backslash and new at the end of that, you'll find our blog. We're also on all sorts of social media, such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Just look, you'll find us, don't worry. We look forward to hearing from you, however you want to get in touch with us. You have chosen wisely. Goodbye!